Hi, you're listening to Kate and Catherine. And we're going to show you how to find your Prince Charming so that you can finally live happily ever after, <laughs> forever and ever. No. No. <laughs> no. We are definitely not going to do that. We are sick of that story, and it's a lie. It is a lie. You're listening to The New Truth, a modern woman's guide to extraordinary love. We are going to show you how the fairy tale love story stops you from experiencing the love you truly desire. Listen to hear how to break free from sacrifice and struggle in relationship. And learn the new truth about love in a way that you've never heard it before. We're so happy you're here. Keep listening. Oh my loves, buckle up. <laughs> Sit down, close your eyes, because you're about to be transported somewhere else with Dr. Amanda, the midlife muse. Kate and I feel beyond blessed. I've already been crying <laughs> talking to her for, for the past few minutes before we've hit record. Um, what a gift we have for you today. Thank you so much for being here, Dr. Amanda. And how I found the Midlife Muse was through good old Instagram. And the video that popped up was her sharing a story of being with her son and some of her, his female friends kept staring at her. And so she, she said, well, you know, what, what's going on? And they're like, oh my God, you're just so beautiful. We want to know what your skincare routine is. And she laughed and said, that's cute that you think this radiance and, and energy is from skincare. And we knew we had to have this beautiful, grounded, embodied, divine feminine woman on the podcast to talk about beauty and embracing aging and the truth about self-love and what it means to be a woman rooted in herself in a world that has 8 million messages nonstop in our face about how to be anyone except who you are. So thank you. Thank you for being here. And I'm very, very excited for this conversation. Oh, and of course I sent her to Kate and like within 15 seconds, Kate's like voice messaging me being like, yes, 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 let's get her on. <laughs> so, so here we are. <laughs> oh, thank you both for having me on. And thank you for the alignment in the message that you also both deeply feel. I am really excited to have this conversation. Do you remember that day with the video that I'm, um referring to I do remember that day and you know I said to the girls I said come here I'll share with you and they all gathered around in a circle and they were so interested thinking I was going to give them some unbelievable face mm -hmm. or some routine of sorts and I said what you are seeing is all coming from my soul this is my soul care routine that you're seeing shine through. This radiance, this joy, this glow has nothing to do with any product. I don't even have a consistent product. I have so many products sent to me, these beautiful mm. products sent to me for free. I don't even know today I put something new on. I don't even know what it was. I just, I only say yes if it's like clean and organic, but I don't have a routine uh, for my face because and it's not that I don't love to look beautiful and take care of myself, but what I'm most interested in is how I'm caring for my soul. And on that journey over the past, it's been a very long time, but truly dedicated 15 years of soul journey has transported me into a place and space where I can go most of the day and forget to even look in the mirror because I find that to be really the least interesting part of me. I find what is percolating inside could is, is only reflected if I keep speaking and if I keep writing and if I keep moving and teaching and dancing, that comes out through those acts of service and my platform. It doesn't come out through what kind of mascara I've put on or did I brush my hair that morning. So I love being so in my body that I at times don't even really notice my body. And that's not because I'm disconnected at all. I'm so busy feeling that I feel profoundly connected at all times. So when I walked into that 
that wine bar with my son. I'm pretty certain I was levitating. I'm pretty certain I just got done teaching to 300 women a couple of hours before. And I was flying because I had this beautiful moment with all of these women. And so when you serve your soul first, the world gets the benefit of seeing that glory and that glow everywhere you go. But I think a lot of women are disconnected from that. And so we think to look radiant, it has to come from a product. Yes. The outside in instead of the inside out, same as like trying to find love to feel good. It's like, we're trying to get all these things from the external world and it might make you feel good for five minutes or five days, but it it's not sustainable long-term. This this message is so powerful. I've been coaching and teaching for about 15 years. And I actually started in the realm of working with speakers and workshop leaders, helping them become more aligned with who they really are on stage. And I mentored for a long time in somatic psychology with a woman who teaches the psychology of the body. And she would get on stage at our event. It was called Mesmerize Your Audience. And it was about being the most mesmerizing person on stage by being in alignment. And most speakers would get on stage and they'd be talking at the audience or performing, but they weren't really home in their vehicles. And Carol used to say, this is your lighthouse. And if if your lighthouse isn't turned on, if your soul is not inside of your body, then nobody actually can find you. Your lighthouse has to be turned on. And it was so powerful to witness her do a little bit of somatic tweaks with people to have them be more anchored in their bodies and how people's faces would change. And that's where I started to see like, wow, the power of the body and coming home and actually being in ourselves. And then over the years in the work I've done with women at the immersion, which is my retreat that I do in Greece, witnessing every single woman look radiant and completely different when she's at home in her soul, in alignment with her body. It is the most powerful beauty tool in the world. It, it truly, truly is. It, it's really magnificent. And, you know, I've had people say to me, because I have chosen to not do Botox and not color my hair and in a world that would tell me that that is absolutely absurd approaching 51. And especially it, in Florida. Well, especially <laughs> in South Florida. In South I mean, Florida, we have I to name. I am a walking anomaly. I will tell I'm you. I'm sure. sure. But the fascinating thing is the amount, not actually, women often aren't sure what to make of it. Older women, younger women stop me all the time. But Mm. interestingly enough, um, I've had, I've had a few people say to me, well, it's easy, Amanda, because you're married. If you got divorced, you would quickly run for a bottle of dye and get go make a Botox appointment. And I said, wow, all the more I would not. And let me tell you why. Because if I'm in an event and a man sees me from across the room and finds this powerful, finds this intriguing, he'll be an energetic match for me. I'm not interested in getting the attention of someone who needs me to be a performance or an ornament in his life. I'm actually insulted by that storyline. So when we release all ties to performing for the patriarchy, we never have to be anything but our true authentic selves. And so I'm even more adamant that if I were single or ever found myself divorced, I would all the more double down on being natural because I really want to attract a a king who would say that I am fascinated by. I I want to like snap like at a poetry reading. (laughs) Performing patriarchy. And... (laughs) And you you said something earlier around like my, what I look like is the least interesting thing about me. And it's funny, we're, we're coming out with merchandise in the new year and, and Kate, I haven't even shared this with you yet. I actually thought about a t-shirt that said my relationship status is the least interesting thing about me. And like, that's the new truth message, but what, you know, I, I could like feel, I have goosebumps hearing you because 
the the unfortunate truth is in our culture, and I fell for this as a teen and, and early 20s, is women only know how to see themselves through the eyes of men. Yes, absolutely. Right? So I'm only beautiful if a man finds me attractive. Of course. And then you have social media now and a culture that says attractive is only this size frozen face, you know, th- these color clothes even like, and this, um, I mean, scri- feminine energy is scripted now. If, if we're not paying attention, there's a uh-huh. script of, of what is feminine um, rather than what is beautiful. And for those that have been with us for a long time on the podcast, my story is I was in an on again, off again relationship chasing and begging for this person to love me. And I went on a retreat, those retreats, huh? Those freaking retreats, boy, <laughs> those retreats. Open those up all the portals of truth. <laughs> I, went, I went on a retreat and um, in Hawaii and wrote a love song to myself, had the most extraordinary experience of my life, was finally free of my ex and with the fullest expression of myself ever went online dating and met my husband within like three weeks. And everyone said, right, every, you can feel, I, I can feel the women listening right now being like, well, what's the secret? Like they want the quick fix. There is right. No they, they want the, the, the $97 program <laughs> rather than the lifetime devotion to what this takes and the first level of compassion, because this is what has to be true. When you wake up to, I've only been living my life as a performance. Men have been in charge of how I feel about myself, whether or not I think I'm beautiful, whether or not I think I'm worthy and viable. And then I wonder why I'm not attracting someone who's aligned. You right. Know? It should be no surprise because right. for 5,000 years, when patriarchy yes. came to play, everything, history, art, philosophy, religion, medicine, everything has been written by men for men. So why should we be surprised? 76% of movies that we watch are written, directed, and produced by men. I didn't know that. Wow. Yes. And I said to my husband, and I researched this about 10 years ago when I was trying to explain my profound disconnect from movies and television and why I couldn't just chill out and be entertained on a Friday night. And I thought, well, the, the characters are not nuanced enough for me. The storyline isn't dramatic enough. It, and then I thought, what, what's going on? So I started doing some research. It all, you know, when you're, you're looking for that final piece of the puzzle that you've like spent hours putting together on your like, I don't know, trip somewhere in some cozy cabin and you can't find that piece. And then finally you lift up the blanket and you're like, oh my gosh, it all <laughs> makes sense. Now there's the piece I've been searching for. It'll, it just dropped in and it made sense. And I actually, I'm writing a book right now and there's an entire chapter on at, in the opening of the book, helping women. Let's first set the stage for why we've kind of always felt like something is kind of missing. I'm not sure exactly what it is. Maybe if I get skinny enough, maybe if I get enough money from my job, maybe if I get uh, invited to enough social gatherings, maybe if, maybe if, maybe if, and all along every client that comes to me, they're still in search of the what's missing. And what's always been missing, we know, is them. That yeah. true aligned connection to themselves. But the patriarchy doesn't give you space for that because then you're selfish and self-indulgent. It has you looking up and serving and getting all the check marks for the patriarchal approval. So my work is like, oh no, we're going deep in. And it, you're right, it is a devotion. It is uncomfortable. It, it feels, if one more person says to me, I love your work. I'm just not super woo-woo. And I'm like, "Mm, last time I checked, I'm not sure there's anything more woo-woo than going into a church and having a man light up some incense and you have to get up and down and bow. And to people that we've, some saints that are not here in the actual world. So if we're going to talk about woo-woo, and, we're, and now we're praying to someone that we have no con- real proof or concept of, and this isn't to disrespect anyone's faith. I'm like, you're already practicing forms of woo-woo yes. more than this ever will be. Or this- is it not more woo-woo that the second you just talk near your phone, you get an ad 
for a, a beauty product or more woo-woo than fake images of filtered faces and perfected lives on Instagram that says, this is what you should want. This is what happiness looks like. This is what fulfillment looks like. And then everyone's chasing that only to feel more and more and more empty inside. Like that's what's woo-woo actually. Like, like we're talking, like this is soul work, what you're talking about. Woo-woo is the emotional manipulation for women to hate themselves, feel less than themselves and, and make it someone else's job to fill them up. I feel like, I feel like the word woo woo is kind of like conspiracy theory and, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. and pyramid scheme. It's like a way that someone doesn't, or, you know, oh, astrology is not real. It's like, well, clearly Mm. you've never had an astrology reading with an epic astrologer because they'll tell you your life story and then you'll believe in it. It's just something that's like out of context and someone has heard weird things about it or they've been conditioned to believe it's wrong and bad or whatever the reasoning is. It's just a way to discount it. But if someone's drawn to you, it's they're drawn, to, their soul is drawn to you and their mind is making a judgment about what that means or a fear, you know, ego fear of going into those places inside mm. of self. But Hey, you get a snap. I know. <laughs> Yay. Um, It is, I mean, Mm. it's everything, this conversation just, I feel like we, we, we touch on patriarchy. We, I love hearing those statistics because we, we use the word a lot. And I feel like a lot of women just don't understand. And to me, it breaks my heart that we collectively, mostly in the Western world, I'll say even more in North America, women do it in Greece, but it's, it's not, the same as Canada and the US and probably, you know, Australia and England and whatever. Anyways, Botox, cosmetic surgery, you know, that we've all collectively, not all, but mostly can collectively right now subscribe to this belief that we should all look 20. That was one of my favorite things from the video I just watched of you before we got on about like, I'm 50. I don't want to look 20. I'm 42. I don't want to look 20. Why would I want to be 20? I'm 42. I carry so much inside of me that when I was anxious as fuck when I was 20, I loathed myself when I was 20. I hated myself. I was a people pleaser. I was like, why am I trying to go back there? And the fact that the the tra- the travesty of this like patriarchal system that that women really don't even know is occurring. They don't even really get what I think is happening. And for all the listeners, if you can anchor into this, I think, and and take a moment to really receive this and sit with it and come back to it, maybe put it in the back pocket. If it doesn't feel like completely true and aligned right now to come back to this idea of when we think about patriarchal structure and we think about even the double standard of aging. Um, There was a big poll that was done by the New York Times during um, COVID, and they were walking the streets and asking people randomly, men and women alike, about not being being able to color their hair. And for most men, it was like, well, I never have, so it's not affecting me. And most men were told that they actually looked like Shakespeare or a professor, or they looked more avant-garde, or they looked more distinguished. Women were told you you should get put on a mask and go to CVS and get a bottle because like it's going to scare your kids. Um, they're going to start calling you grandma. Women were told as soon as COVID restrictions lift, you're going to have to color that hair. You won't be able to go back into the dating world looking like that. Or you're looking washed out. You're looking haggard. So New York Times, this huge um, poll just from on the streets of New York. And so when we think about that huge disparity of how men are revered for aging, women are punished for being human. It comes from a place, I believe, that women's only actual currency in the patriarchy yes. is youth. Yes. Youth of your eggs, youth of your fertility. What can I extract from you? What can I frack from you? What can I get? What can I take? How can I use it? Yes. And as soon as you are of no use, you are disposable and we're going to kick you out like a, a, a wet, dirty towel. Yes. And so when we continue as women, yes, to hear women. But when we continue to be complicit to that system, nothing changes. So don't be surprised when you've played the part and then you get to a certain part in your life and you have to keep this exhaustive wheel turning and spinning because 
You signed up for that. You said yes to that. I'm free as a damn bird because I never bought into it to begin with. I am a free agent in this patriarchal world. It, it's my FU, like my silver hair, my wrinkles, my sunspots, my aging skin. It's my FU to the patriarchy. Like I will never fall for such an insulting storyline. So if women continue to line up and continue to dose on the idea that youth is our only currency, our only power, and we don't put our money to starting businesses, to changing the narrative, to doing something more beautiful with our lives, don't be surprised in the end when it feels so damn empty. Yes. And that's it. It's empty because it's just the outside. And I have to say you, for those listening who can't see your video right now, you are more beautiful than most women. Like you are so freaking radiantly beautiful. Your skin is glowing. Your hair is shining. You're so, your heart is wide open. Your eyes are so bright. And that's true beauty. Like that's the thing. And we all have it. And some women will be like, oh, well, I'm just not beautiful. If you learn to live from the truth of who you are, I, for me, I feel more beautiful every day, every month, every year. And I'm 42 turning 43 this year. Like Ev, I am always feeling more beautiful because I'm more in alignment with my soul, because I care for myself even more now than I ever did, because I'm so devoted to my rituals, because I'm always gathering with women, because I'm following my heart and my truth. Everything we talk about every week on the new truth, that's what, what I am living, you are living, you are living. And that's why we're beautiful. Not because we're freezing our ability to express ourselves and staying stuck in time or because we are, you know, like it, putting filters on and just like, it is so different. And every woman has that inside. And I've seen it over and over again at my retreats at the end, doesn't matter weight, age, background, trauma, it doesn't matter. Every single woman at the end is a radiant fucking goddess. They're all falling in love with each other. They're all tripping over them. Like what, how is this possible? That's what we all look like. And you, at that point, like you said at the beginning, you don't, you actually stop giving a fuck what you look like because you're home, you feel good. I say to women at one of the activities at my retreat without giving all of it away, we do something very edge pressing for most of them. And obviously everybody gets to the place that feels most comfortable for them. But what I tell them, because none of my actual work behind closed doors is ever showcased because it's so holy that I keep it very sacred. But there is a part where I, I take them, you know, all the candles are lit, the lights are dim, the music is very soft in the background. And I tell them that they are about to enter the most exquisite museum in the entire world. They've never even been primed to understand that this is the artwork. This is the art of the woman. This is the art of the divine. What they are about to witness will bring them to their knees because it's a beauty that our eyes have been blinded from for far too long. And we get into this ceremony and it, I mean, I am covered in chills right now. I have women who would have never dared, never dared show so much of themselves and the, the weeping and the freedom that they feel and the, the awe and wonder, it literally changes the way you leave something like that. You go into the world and you then understand that Every single one of us is pure divinity. And it, it literally blows my mind, blows my mind. And it also simultaneously breaks my heart that a lot of women will never know that. And I have never, a 21 right. year old daughter in a couple of weeks, and this work will forever be charged for me because she's watching. I don't have, how do I tell her, love yourself, you're amazing, you know, stand up for yourself, never betray yourself, never this, never, don't compromise and you're perfect. If she has a mom who's turning around doing the complete opposite to herself. So I don't have to say it. I just have to live it. She's had me as a role model and it's why she feels so mm -hmm. free. And with everything that's happening in the world right now, it's why she can go to her professors and say, can I stand up? Can we, can we speak about this tomorrow in class? Because she's not worried about what does she look like? She's more worried about, I always tell my baby, focus less on how you look and how you feel while you live your life. Mm -hmm. How does it feel living as opposed to how does it look living? That's where I want you to always, that, that is the truth right there. So yes. she's so busy 
feeling how it feels to be in this world, that she's less interested in how do I look? Because you know what? That's just a, that's a prop. That's an external prop that is honestly irrelevant when it all comes. Like, what is going to be your legacy? Is my legacy going to be, I went out with the tightest forehead you've ever seen. <laughs> is my legacy going to be like, you know, I, I stood mm. for the women. This is, you know, I went on this spiritual quest several weeks ago with my best girlfriend. Didn't actually know I was going as much, but we on a spiritual quest as an adventure. And we set this intention before we camped for three days in New Mexico with no access mm. to any cell phones. And I said, I want to find my muse. I want to find my muse. I want to find a deeply embodied, integrated woman who I can sit at the feet of and learn from. Because sometimes it feels lonely to not have elders to look to. And so there we were, our very first hours in New Mexico. And I, it's a long, beautiful story for another day, but I found her. Oh. Georgia O'Keefe. Wow. I found my muse and I have every single book that's ever been written about her, everything she's wow. ever written, all of her paintings. We went to her home, we went to her museum and I just wept because this was a renegade of a woman who talks about being so busy painting. And we now know that all those flowers she was painting was actually women's body parts. Um uh. Which in the 1920s, imagine this revolutionary. She stopped living with her husband in New York City because it just wasn't enough for her. She bought herself a place in the middle of the desert so she could come out and paint under the sky where she felt most alive. And she talks about she was so busy creating, creating. what she saw in the world. She had no time or, or even desire for how she was looking while she was doing it. And yet she was so exquisite out in the wow. desert painting like... Oh, I fell madly in love with her and can't get oh. enough from her. So I'm like, I actually found my muse. Wow. Oh my goodness. What mm -hmm. a one, the powerful prayer of seeing that you can ask for what you need. Like that's, that's the first thing I want to say. I spent, I was taught that answers were outside of myself. I was taught that I had to get someone else's opinion, a man's opinion more often than not on daddy, daddy, what do you think I should do about this? Dad, is this a good idea? <laughs> um, that, that was how I grew up. Not you, you have ancestors and spirits and angels and the earth. If you'd have a question, Catherine, go meditate, go for a walk in, in silence and make a, a petition for uh, for a muse right for intuition for answers you know kate and i have endless episodes on on the bullshit of fucking dating culture that what 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 should i say what text message should i send what's the right thing to do what clothes what color should i wear on my dating profile as if that's going to make a difference at all whereas falling in love is not going to make sense it's not going to happen from your head it's not going to happen from some script on a download you bought from from someone online so that's number 1 like i'm so moved by first that like the petition in your soul and then you immediately received an answer and then two that the tr for me the true feminine is the ancient wisdom that yes. was buried and that every woman has access to and that it teaches you to not look to other women for medicine. Whereas, I mean, I don't know how many more times the three of us have to talk about our girlfriends or our retreats <laughs> to like hear the power of what happens when you are around other women and what is true for me. I mean, Kate and I both had been doing business by ourselves right? We were the, the entrepreneurs hustling and grinding by ourselves. And then we meet and then we decide to do the podcast together in 2019. But the other day we were like, we have talked every single week for almost four years. Now okay. we call we're business wives, right? She's my, my business wife. Like our, both of our businesses and lives have changed just from being in communion with each other. Yes. And we, oh, I mean, we both lead retreats and like work with groups of women. Like we knew this, but it was only when we actually did shared business of bringing ourselves to each other and, and behind the scenes that everything changed. So I also want to say to the, the, the patriarchal programming is also the hyper independence 
program yes. that it's my job that soul care. I want to come back to that. I want because I want to hear more about soul care from you, Dr. Amanda, but the, that I will love myself by just saying affirmations in the mirror every day, right. Or doing everything by myself rather than I fall in love with myself through accurate reflection from other women. That that's actually where self-love comes when I get accurate reflection, which is what parenting is. One of the many jobs of a parent is to provide accurate reflection to your child, not a projection, not who you think you're supposed to be, not my unlived childhood onto my daughter, not what I read in some fucking book that a parenting expert says is supposed to happen, but to slow down long enough to see who my daughter is and reflect that back to her. (laughs) Rather than the enmeshment we see, rather than the it's my job to perfect my child so that other people around me feel comfortable in the presence of my child so that she's polite and behaves and doesn't make them uncomfortable. Like, are you kidding me? Absolutely. So thank you for that story. And Kate, we need to go on a, on a friend uh, vision quest together in the desert. Just I mean, like, why is it every woman planning that? Right, you're you're going yes. and getting drunk on the beach. Is the is the vacations that women are going on rather than why aren't you? Imagine saying to one of your girlfriends, "Let's go on a vision quest. Yes. We go somewhere magical without our phones, and we journal and pick oracle cards and and tend to ourselves and our intuition that is alive and always available." But I'd love no clothes on in the in the room. Oh my god! Yes, under a full sky of stars, dance and literally weep, and and that's like how profoundly much we everything we love about each other. I mean, it talk about getting filled up. And and I came home on such a high, and I said to my Mm. husband, "This will carry me for months. For months, months of time." radiating from this level of connection to mother earth. The fact mm-hmm. I found my muse, literally we, we were her and I, my best I love that story, <laughs> holding hands, listening to some of Georgia O'Keefe's audio and just crying because she knows me so well. There were almost exact phrases and from Georgia O'Keefe that she said that I have said. So I was already channeling before I even knew. Um, but those you're exactly right. This, and you know, all of my events, even my retreats, I say that there is no alcohol involved, not even at the welcome reception and and nothing, you know, and I have women often purging at my retreats and, and people are always asking me detox. Yeah. Are you certain you're not giving them like some, I mean, I'm finding it hard to believe they don't have like (laughs) a or something. I'm like, I, I, when you are tapped into ancient feminine, I can get women there in just a couple of hours. We don't need to take anything. The, yes. the path for how we release the poison is already in us. You just need somebody who is really trained and safe at guiding you to get there to release the poison within you. And that's when the real work begins. But it doesn't take, I mean, I'll do respect for people who are interested in plant medicine. I, that's beautiful for them. But I am very fascinated and interested on in how much can I cultivate being wildly present? Yes. yes. Kate, Kate and I feel exactly the same way. Exactly the same exactly. way. Hence why we're not shooting toxic chemicals into our forehead. It's yeah. why I wouldn't have an epidural when I gave birth. I'm like, I want to feel it all. Yes. How days am I going to bring a human life into this world? This pain is with purpose. Don't take me out of it. I want, yes. my body was made right. for this. And, and with all due respect, again, mm-hmm. to Western medicine, if an emergency should arise, we are thankful for that. But I prepared my body. I knew what my body was going to do. And I didn't want to miss a minute of it. Yes. Yes. This it's just the, it, the contrast. I, it, our, women are starving for this and don't even know it. Like the yes. contrast for the, the contrast of the world that we live in that has us so disassociated from our bodies. You feel pain, take a pill. You feel sad, take a pill. You feel, you see a wrinkle, freeze your face. Like everything has an instant band-aid that disassociates us more. I mean, the amount of women that, um, not to open this can of worms, but that I talk to who are on the, that are taking birth control, especially the one that stops your cycle. And I'm like, Wait, what? Your cycle? That is like the thing that makes you a woman. 
And while you have it, like it's such a sacred time in your life and it's connected to creation and life and everything, every human on planet earth is here because of our our cycles and how women are because of patriarchy. Again, here it is, here it is. It's everywhere. Women don't even know about the, they don't even know about the importance of having a cycle and being connected to it and knowing what our hormone cycles. I'm studying that right now, just for my own health and knowledge, just understanding my hormonal cycles, what kinds of food my body needs to be nourished at each time of the month. And, and I have such a deep connection to this part of me now. And, and every time I start working with a woman and she shares that she's got that ring in and she's doesn't get a period, I'm like, okay, let's talk because that is cutting you off from such a massive part of who you are. It is your source. And two things that come to mind. I mean, I could talk about periods forever and the power of them, but one, when my daughter was very young and first started her period and we were at a restaurant and she had to go to the restroom to change her pad and she had the pad and she's like, mom, I don't have a purse. Can you give me a purse? I said, listen to me, baby. You walk with that pad in your hand to the bathroom and you hold your head high because every single human that is sitting in this restaurant is here because a woman had a period. Do exactly. Never fall for the shame. So I, right from the get-go, we started her there. But then I have this practice. I just am on my last day of my period right now. But my first 48 hours of my period are such a profound honoring for me. It is me getting the heating pad, getting the warm tea, getting my candles. And honestly, I go on a journey every single month. And I ask myself with this blood, Amanda, what else needs to be released? What is no longer serving you? What other 1% of patriarchy are you still holding on to? What, mm. what more truth can you mine for? What other gold is there if you keep releasing and shedding and making room for the more beauty and less of the toxins? So as my physical body releases, I am like, I get on all fours. I do a lot of the moves that I used to teach when I taught natural childbirth. I let my body writhe. I let my body feel it. Even if there's cramps or back pains, I let my body feel exactly what's happening. And I release, I release, and I release because it gets to serve. Everything gets to be a beautiful ritual if we invite it. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. I had an experience in Greece, a welcoming when I first moved here, um, one month in, it was Greek Easter, which is a big deal here. And I went to my friend's Greek Easter lunch and I got bit in the face by her family dog. It was like, not the dog's fault. Like I was playing with it. Maybe it got spooked there. It's like, there was fireworks the night before. I don't blame the dog, but her dog got, was playing and then turned on a dime and jumped at my face and and like it started gushing blood and I didn't know if I lost my eye, I was swollen. It was just such an intense experience, but because I've done so much, so much somatic experiencing work, nervous system regulation, I have such a deep relationship with my body. My experience was actually really beautiful. I've never given birth, so I don't have a story for that, but it was such a beautiful experience because I was in the hospital in a foreign country and the little girl inside of me was like, I miss my mom and dad. I miss my ex-boyfriend. Like I need someone to rescue me. I felt so alone. It was COVID times. So my friends couldn't come in the hospital room with me. And I just put my hands on my heart and I said, I love you. Everything's going to be okay. And I ended up having to have surgery right under my eye. It was an amazing surgeon, but, um, as the surgery was happening, I was awake for it. And I was telling my body how much I love. I I love you. Thank you for being so open and receptive. Thank you so much. I love you so much. And I was just nurturing myself through it. And I just thought, God, and I knew when it first happened and it hurt so bad, I was like, this is happening for something bigger. And of course I brought it to my communities. I brought it into my teachings and it became this healing thing. And then I had other clients go through childbirth go through, you know, surgeries, different things. And they did the same thing for themselves. And there's another way, you know, but because we're so disassociated from ourselves and our bodies, we, we, and at war really, it's not just disassociated. It's like most of our conditioned minds are at war with our bodies. We're hurting ourselves because of our conditioning from patriarchy. Absolutely. And I love how you, you mothered yourself. Yeah. Right. You were the mother to that, that woman you are, that little girl you are, that teenager, all all parts of you. 
you got, and I talk so much too about that, getting to mother ourselves and the way that I can look at my mother now. And I, I feel in so many ways, I love her so profoundly. And I'm so sad for how much fear, how much she's, she is played by all the patriarchal rules and she Aww. is being so terrified and how sad I feel that she was never exposed to or open to a lot of the beautiful messaging we have now. So the best I can do is mother myself in the places that she can't and also be that generational pattern breaker, not just for my daughter, but for my mother too. I mean, the tiniest little ways in which she's changing because mm. she's watching me um, live so freely. It, it just releases oh. her a little tendril at a time little tendril at a time and probably not very much in the big picture, but it's relative for her. It's a lot for yes. her. Yes. So healing for everyone. You just mothered yourself so beautifully. And I, I hope that women heard that in your message. Aww. I hope they heard the way you tended and cared for yourself and swaddled yourself up with safety and reassurance in that time. And we are able to do that. Yes. Yeah. And I think often we think we still are wanting our parents to give it if our parents are still in our lives. Often adults are still just holding resentment towards their parents, wanting their parents to show up differently. And it's like, hey, they did their best, whatever their trauma was, whatever their story was. And now it's up to us. Like as an adult, the only one who give it can give it to yourself is you. And Catherine, you taught me that so much. Like mm -hmm. so many times in the beginning of our business, when I had big stuff come up, I remember you teaching me like literally swaddling she was like, rock yourself like a baby, grab a pillow, hold on to it. And it like such a powerful thing. Mm -hmm. Like the reality is it's all inside everything we're looking for out there. The guy, the perfect, everything we're looking for out there. It's inside. Yes, it is. And I would miss the magic of my mom. Like she had me over for dinner last night. And if I was so hell bent that I was going to keep showing up and knocking on her storefront, asking her to serve doses of witnessing and interest in my life. And I kept knocking and knocking. At some point, I have to look at my insanity for continuing to knock right. at a store that's never sold what I'm desperately seeking. But you know yes. what? If I go inside, <clears throat> she serves the most exquisite meals as love. Mm. And I can let that be enough. And I've chosen for that to be enough. Because Absolutely. in some people, we will decide to release because it won't be enough. But she's my mom. And if, if that's the most I'm going to be able to get mm. there, serve it up and I will take it all in. Aww. That no, is the most perfect metaphor for anyone looking for love. The, it, the storefront that I'm banging down, yes. do they serve what I actually need and what will be fulfilling? And most women are banging on the door of patriarchy. Most yes. women are banging on the door of the unavailable man-child, narcissist, wounded who can't see convincing herself this is all she's allowed so i feel like this is another conversation because this was th kate thank you for that reflection reparenting work is the core of my work um over the past 11 years and and this set like learning how to self-source but for me you have to deal with your personal shit like you just have to right you have to do your personal shit of course but then you get into universal archetype and, and medicine and wisdom that's been around since the beginning of time that isn't personal. There's nothing personal about ritual work. There's nothing personal about going to Mary Magdalene's temple. There's nothing personal about sitting by the beach. It is an energy that is so much bigger, but you can't access that if you're still swimming in personal stuff like the the path oh and and really i would i would probably actually say it has to be interchangeable right if you've been really heavy in personal stuff that's when it's time for a retreat right or if you've only been doing spiritual you know bigger because i i'm seeing this now around the clients that are coming to me they've been doing personal development work for a long time but they actually haven't gone toward the on the ground personal depth work that needs to happen around their childhood so both are important. Like I'm making the infinity symbol with my hands <laughs> since no one can see me um, yeah. as they're listening. But that I, you know, I, I also want to say, I think I lost my chain of thought around that, but I also want to say the power right now of being with you, Dr. Amanda, and, and, and true for you, Kate, too. Like you do need women who are older than you in your life, period. You yeah. need 
Like I get that we say old soul, you know, this is, I'm stealing this from um, Kimberly Ann Johnson, um, a, a trauma um, and somatic teacher. I very much respect and admire. And she made a video recently where she essentially said, look, it's, I get that everyone's saying my children are my teachers, right? Like, Oh, that, that teen is an old soul. Like that person's an old soul. And she said, and we live in a patriarchal culture that doesn't actually value the wisdom of age mm-hmm. and, and address that. Like it's, I was 25. I mean, I was 25 when I started my business. I mean, I wish I could hug myself like the, you know, and I, and, and I was fearless, you know, and I was 25. Like there was a lot of wisdom I didn't have, you know, at that time. And so there's something about being with you right now that I'm really present to like the actual hard earned wisdom of almost 51 years and how many women since they don't have healthy mothers, since mother isn't holding crone for them and, and she isn't passing feminine wisdom, she doesn't know where to, to look. And my, the, the, personal development work I ended up in was soul work, was taught by Jungian analysts and was rooms full of all ages. Like I wasn't at Tony Robbins retreat. Like I was at 12 day conferences with 70 year olds. Like I was, and, and I feel so blessed to have been in the presence of that. And I hope that that's also being taken from this episode with you of women really looking, who are my mentors? Who am I learning from? Who are the people I'm spending my time with all day long? Because you exist, <laughs> Dr. Manicate exists. Like we exist and, and we have to be willing to find it. And like, may that be the petition too. I mean, we love hearing how people find our podcast because we always ask, right? Like, how'd you find a podcast? Half the time they're like, I don't know. <laughs> like you just, I just started listening or an episode came across my feed and like, there I was, you know, like, so, but I really am like humbled right now and feel it in my bones of what it means to be with someone who is not old, like, yes, you're right. You're devoted to this work, but also you can feel the wisdom of the the decades of work and decades of life, you know? Yes. Um, yeah. And, and to, to appreciate that you know because again if if patriarchy patriarchy currency is youth is all that matters then we run we hide from getting older we're afraid to get older and then what women do so well is diminish their experiences and their wisdom and what's happened for them through all that they've been through you know in their life Absolutely. You know, and I had a a woman ask me at my most recent retreat a couple of weeks ago, if you could give me your number one spiritual practice, what is it? Do you pull a card every morning? Do you, Mm. you, and she wanted to know, like, if I could just pick one, what would you suggest? What would it be? And mind you, this was a woman who, um, was very much in the belief that, she could never look, she could never have a flaw. Everything had to be perfect. Like terrified by the thought that maybe someone would see an imperfection on her. And I told her that the most powerful work and also someone who also stood on this belief of like, I am very, very, very spiritual. Like I study astrology. I study all these things. And she has all these things she studies, right? In a spiritual center that she runs. And I looked at her and I said, the most spiritual thing I do and the most spiritual thing I would recommend you do is spend time every single morning in the mirror and stand there and honor what is. Mm. Look in that mirror, not looking at what is wrong, how you're aging. The most spiritual thing, and I want women to really hear this, if you're into spirituality, Don't come to me with your crystals. Don't come to me with your astrology. Don't come to me with all of your ceremonies until you as a modern woman in a real world, firmly planted on the ground can watch yourself age. Then let's talk spirituality. Because I'll tell you what, there's no damn thing more spiritual than a woman aging naturally in a world that tells her she's disposable. Do that all day long. And then we have a conversation because I don't really care about your crystals. I don't really care about your chakra sprays. I don't care about all that. If you can't <laughs> meet yourself in the damn mirror every if morning, you can't meet yourself. You don't have spirituality. 
Yes. That's not spirituality. All of that other stuff that is props to make yes. you a spiritualized person. No, stand in the mirror, watch yourself age, go into the world, walk into a party where every single woman there is filling herself with all of this artificiality. Stand there in that room with your skin sagging, with sunspots all over, silver hair showing, wrinkles amassed around your eyes and around your lips. And you tell me that is spiritual work. And I, I, I won't sugarcoat it anymore. I am tired of tiptoeing around this idea. And I'm also tired of always that propping, right? That we have to do to protect all the, the patriarchalized women. Like, oh my God, I'm so offended. I can't believe she said that. As the crone mother energy that I'm stepping into, somebody needs to say it. Yes. Yes. And it's not my job to manage your feelings. Kate yes. and I just recorded an episode about this. It's developmentally appropriate for, for me to help my daughter with her feelings at 15 months old. <laughs> it is not developmentally appropriate for me to hold you as an adult woman. Mothering yourself is holding yourself, is being able to say, well, fuck, I'm offended right now. That's mine. Well, fuck, I'm deeply uncomfortable by what she's saying right now. That's mine. Oh, I'm really jealous right now. Or I'm in, I'm deeply insecure by that other woman being so fully alive and in her radiance and her sexuality. That's mine. My work, recently, my work is transforming to that of actually teaching women how to hold themselves. The mature feminine holds herself. She's not asking for other people to be comfortable. And this is back to what I said earlier about parents being afraid of tantrums because they're afraid of what other people think. Exactly. If my two-year-old is tantruming, that's no one else's problem. It's my job to keep her safe and to hold presence for that, but not to try to get her to stop so that you feel uncomfortable or you feel more comfortable. That's, that's patriarchy. Women walking on eggshells. So we're never allowed to have real and authentic feelings. And we're running, wondering why we're disconnected from ourselves. What you just said was so fucking powerful. And in my motherhood, I, I can't even remember. I only have worn makeup once since giving birth, giving birth. And it was for a, like a photo shoot. And I'm watching what's happening around my relationship to myself where I'm, where there is nothing to perform for anymore. Like that was my mother initiation of like, wait a second, what was I doing all of that for? Yeah. And what, what, and i I don't know how women talk to their daughter. Like I could cry. I don't know how they talk to their daughters to say your looks are the least interesting thing about you, but I'm, I'm doing it. I'm, I'm doing it all to my face or Kate shared before her mom growing up, her mom would say, I have to put my face on for, for makeup. And she and, worked for Mary Kay. <laughs> and she worked for Mary Kay. But that like, you don't have to have daughters. This is the other, the last thing I'll say about this around being around older women you don't have to have kids to know that little girls are watching you. Yes, exactly. So why you don't feel like you have to have a kid to somehow break generational trauma. That's not, it's not my daughter's job to clean up my childhood, by the way. She didn't ask, she said, has nothing to do with her. I didn't have a kid so that I can give her the childhood I didn't have. I had a kid to be in awe of God's creation to serve what her soul path is going to be that has nothing to do with mine. You don't have to have a kid to recognize all women are watching and, we and they don't have to be little girls. Like you just said, walk into the room and recognize every woman's going to watch you. You yes. said women run up, 20 year olds are running up to you on the street. Everyone is, women are watching and women yes. are aching, women aching are for someone to give them permission to be free. We're all influencing each other. And we're either keeping each other in the freaking yes. patriarchal bucket, crabs pulling each other back in, reinforcing like that comment. Oh, but if you're single, you better color your, color hair, your hair and get a man. Like that's how we keep each other in the fucking bucket. Or we make a new choice for ourselves, not for the performance of everyone else's mm -hmm. experience of us, but for our own experience. And when we deepen into our own experience, we, we liberate each other and we get to inspire each other and expand. I feel, I feel like this episode is so is a, it's a temple. It feels like it's a temple that we entered into. And, um, you feel like soul family is just like that. May we all like, let's buy an Island, a really big one. And let's like, just do this because <laughs> I mean, yeah, the sage and the crone, this is what it means to be in the presence of the crone. 
Yes. And, you know, yeah. as I know, we're going to wrap up, if I could leave one yes, of course. for women to do, to say, okay, I hear all this. I'm so far from being able to access uh, unraveling from the patriarchy. Yes. One really simple, beautiful thing that you can do is you can make a list of everything that you were raised to believe it means to be a woman, a good woman, a pleasing woman. What did your mom tell you? What did your religion, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, what did you learn about what it means to be a good woman? And then maybe circle the, the top three that are really plaguing you right now. And then it's like you were saying, Kate, what I like to do is then I like to transport my clients. I take them on this meditation journey where we're now sitting with those three things that we're really plagued by. And we're sitting on the most beautiful island, uninhabited island. It's just women, women, women everywhere for this, for this particular exercise. We're just all there. We're all gathered around. And when you sit with those three things that are really, really plaguing you, that this is what it means to be a good woman, and this is what it means to be a pleasing woman, or this is what the patriarchy prefers, do you actually, in the depths of your womb space, do you actually, as you sit on the sand with the water lapping on the shore, women surrounding you, do you in your bones and in your cells believe that to be true? Do you really believe that to be true? And 99% of my clients say to me, I don't. And I say then, then there's your ticket. You've just uncovered. And now what you decide to do with that is up to you. Mm. You decide to put the blinders back on. Like for me, it was, do I, when I was approaching 40 and everyone around me was talking about, they're starting to get Botox, get Botox. <clears throat> and I asked myself like, okay, Amanda, what do you... Yeah, I, I I do feel that if I have gray hair and look older, I'm not going to be as relevant. It's I'm not going to look as pretty. My husband might not even be attracted to me. Okay, yeah, that, that's what that's what I I've been told. That's I think that's what I believe. But when I sat long enough, I realized if I teased it apart long enough, it wasn't my belief. I just absorbed it for so many decades that I thought it was mine. But in fact, it's not. My true belief is nothing further, is so far away from that. It's that I want to have the deep crevices. I want to have all the stories on my face. I want to feel into the beauty and power of every single year and see it reflected back in front of the mirror, just like I did when I was becoming a teenager and becoming a woman or all of the different phases. So what we find if we get quiet enough and honest enough for the truth to percolate, we will find that the majority of the things that we are playing by, these rules, they're not actually our beliefs. They're ones we inherited or absorbed from religion, culture, family. And we thought it was the only way to be loved, the only way to belong. And you know what? You might not belong in a lot of the spaces if you decide to unravel from some of those beliefs, right. but it'll get you that much more free to belong to the people that really, really are for you. Like how so, we found each other. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. Is that the ultimate goal? To be that much more free and to have the people in your life where it's like the, the warmest blanket, the most beautiful like fire crackling, like to be around the people that feel like home rather than yes. the people that you feel like you have to perform for. Yes. Oh. Yeah. It's one, so empty. That's all we've got. I want to be it. around the people that make me feel like I'm home. Yes. So beautiful. And that's why I said yes to your podcast, because just listening to some of the episodes and watching your two pages, I was like, these women make me feel, and these women make me feel at home. Their messages are so aligned in how I live my life when the camera's off and on. But that's why I'm here because I say no to most every podcast that comes my way because it doesn't feel like home to me. And I'm not here to perform. I am so happy that our women are going to hear you. Yeah. Like, like I can't wait for this episode to come out. And I do want to say, and I, and I know we could talk forever, but this is the last thing. Cause I do want to hear your comment about this too. So there's a difference between the quote unquote, like letting myself go and setting myself free from, um, beauty standard and then adorning the goddess so I, I'm wondering if you could just speak really quickly about because here you are with jewelry 
on with a, a beautiful top, like, you know, there, cause I can hear the polarity. Like, this is what I usually bump up, up against with women, you know, of like, well, like they, they fight for, well, this plastic surgery will make me feel more beautiful. Right. Or I can't imagine not wearing makeup. Like they're all tools, but the message that I'm getting loud and clear from this episode right now, and I'm going to take in for myself actually, is if the goddess is actually right here, not on a mountaintop, not in my crystals, not somewhere else in my body. And we do the mirror practice that you just offered. Am I treating my body like the temple that it is and then bringing the temple out into the world, which might mean makeup and clothes that you love and feel amazing in and jewelry that you love. So if you could just like bring that in a little bit about it's, it's not, it's aging gracefully, but also there's something that I'm hearing around adorning the goddess that you are and allowed to enjoy the things that bring, that are your expression because clothes I say to my clients, clothes are actually how you express yourself. They yeah. are the expression of your soul because we're not walking around naked <laughs> all day out, out in the world. Some so, places in Greece we are, but <laughs> right. um, does that does that make sense? Feel good. Yeah, I'd love to hear. I mean, what you first, say. can we just talk about like as we've been in this conversation, how flush I've gotten because this is what it's like to be so aligned, having aligned. conversation where my heart is so fulfilled. I am so present to this moment, so turned on for the life through all of my five senses. That's what radiance, that's how it shows up right on the screen. Yes. I know people can't necessarily see, but um, yeah. So the earrings, the, the snake ring, the necklace, the mascara. Yes, absolutely. This is adorning and honoring what already is. It, what is. As opposed to manipulating, vilifying, or desecrating what is. There it is. There it is. <laughs> this, is this feels like a different, for me, that feels different. It is. Like, I've had this for years from my husband, and very mm. often, I'm, most often I'm wearing snake necklace, actually, um, but today I'm wearing this, and this feels like something beautiful to put on, but it doesn't it's not a desecration of who I am. It's not a manipulation of who I am. It is not saying that I will only be acceptable and worthy if I looked like this or did these things. Um, and so, and the truth is, I mean, the most raw version of me, I think some people would argue is even more beautiful. Yeah. I, w I wanted women to have the permission because I have cl or who, clients who love makeup or are makeup artists. Yes. And there's a difference between like, it is, thank you for saying I needed, I wanted everyone to hear that. It's the permission. Um, and maybe because I needed it as I look at how I've been moving through the world and what I really am modeling for my daughter. Like there's a difference between if I go all the way out in the polarity of I don't give a fuck versus am I actually adorning what is? And that's that's the line of what you just said. Um, and so women giving per, you know, permission to radiate and and adorn the, the muse, like you just said, being in a museum, like the, the goddess is right here. This is the temple. How does she express, right? Because it yeah. isn't makeup is bad or, or jewelry is bad and you're not, you don't have to just totally, you know, quote unquote, let yourself go. Um, you're wanna... allowed to enjoy. So I just wanted to bring that in um, for the, per for the permission for that. Too. I love that you brought that in because there's also play in the adornment. It's like, and so where's it coming from? Are you covering yourself up because you think you're ugly or are you playing mm. with like being more sparkly and having more fun and taking up more space and letting yourself shine brighter? Um, and I was just thinking, um, tying it back to love in relationships, every, every boyfriend I've ever had, that's like a healthy, good relationship always loved me more without makeup on. Like they, they still love and appreciate, you know, the, the, the difference, but they always say like, why do you wear it? Like, I think it's weird for men because they're like, well, like that's you. And like, why are you putting this weird black sticky stuff on your eyes? Like it doesn't make sense to them. So, um, I think that's a reflection too. like a man who wants a woman who's frozen in time, who's, you know, caked in makeup, who, who looks different than who she is 
in real life. And I, I do my best to not wear much makeup. Like I'm more on today than normal. I normally just put a tiny bit under my eyes and mascara. And it, it like, and I, that has, I've dialed it back a lot over the years because I, I unpacked all the conditioning from my mom and not that she meant to, to pass that on, but that I, that I absorbed watching her put her face on. And, um, and so I've intentionally kind of stripped that away so that I could accept and, and love all of me. And I used to have a really hard time with that. And I had to do a lot of practices in front of the mirror to learn to actually see me. And now I see me very differently than I did before, but I think it's because I'm home. It's because I'm home. So I see my beauty, not the flaws because I'm home, not because of the makeup or the no makeup or the, whatever. like, that's just the play, but because we're like living a, a soul-led life. And when you live a soul-led life, you just, you don't care, but also you are more beautiful. You just are. Absolutely. It's such a beautiful way to live. And I I just, I'm so excited to see more and more women, slow but sure, stepping in and claiming this for themselves. Yes. Okay. So how do women find you, work with you? What Yes, I am at Midlife Muse on Instagram and TikTok and I have my website is amandahanson.com, but I have a membership where we are doing, there is a theme for every month that is just a beautiful, powerful, um, deepening into the practices. And the community is called the muses because every woman, when she can step mm. into and start to harness her own muse, what I have found is often women pick a lane. And that is the only archetype by which they live and define their lives. And they feel so boxed in. And then it just shows through depression and feeling disenfranchised in life. And in my world, it is really about opening and stepping into all of the archetypes and flowing and living as the muse of your own life, as your own creations. So my community is called The Muses, and it's a monthly membership that um, has just such exquisite community component of building that sisterhood because while this work is all beautiful and wonderful in isolation, I think it's much harder to stay in practice of and supportive sisterhood to me is the elixir for the world. It is. The most and if they haven't heard that from this episode, then I don't yeah. know, because <laughs> that's the, the point we came back to over and over. Sounds yeah. amazing. Sounds amazing. Well, we'll, we'll post all word. of the links and the mute, muse. Muse is such a powerful word. It's such a beautiful, powerful. Um, it, it's like a word that I've almost forgotten, and I feel so activated by it and excited for all the women that join your community and hang out with you online. And you just every every since Catherine sent that to me, I think it might have been a couple months ago. Every post you post, I'm like. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> just so aligned and powerful and wise and beautiful and, and liberating. So thank you for being the queen goddess, witch muse that you are in the world. And I, I know this episode has moved many women all over the world and keep doing what you're doing. It's, it's incredible. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you thank both you. so much for this beautiful heart opening conversation and for finding your way to my work and me back to yours. Thank you. It's been a deep honor. It was incredible. Hope to see you soon. <laughs> you might, there might be a part two, three, four, five, six. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we'll have you on again. Thank you so much, Petey. Thank you both. Thank you. And if you love this episode, as always, share it with all the precious women in your life and help us spread the word of the new truth um, that all the women need to hear. Love you. Hi, it's Kate. Thanks so much for listening to the New Truth Podcast. For more of Catherine and I, come hang out with us in the New Truth Movement Facebook group. We are in there. That's where we're sharing all about our programs and our free workshops that we do. Um, you can come join us there and ask as many questions as you want about the podcast episodes, about dating, relationships, any struggles you're having out there. We would love to support you. So come hang out with us in the New Truth Movement Facebook group and we will see you soon.